morning. Welcome this morning to Big Woods Bible Church. I'm glad you are here to worship the living God with us. And so with that, I invite you to stand as we sing before him this morning. gathering of Big Woods Bible Church to help us uh, know what it is we are doing when we gather here this morning. I want to read from Psalm chapter 77, verses 13 and 14. It says this, Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You know, we gather here this morning to fix our eyes on our holy God who works wonders. So may we see him 
in all of his greatness this morning. And if you are new or visiting with us this morning, we're so glad that you are here to worship uh, the one true and living God with us. Uh, We are uh, just glad to have you among us this morning. Uh, We would love to get to know you more. There's a connection card in the seat back in front of you. We would very much appreciate if you would fill that out. Uh, But then there is also the uh, connection center, uh, the welcome center in the lobby, uh, where we would love to give you a gift, uh, get to know you a little bit more there, have a conversation uh, with you, and tell you a little bit more about who we are, what we are hoping that God will accomplish through us here in our community. So you can find us there in the lobby. The door is all the way to your right. Head on out. There's a big wooden table. Someone will be there to greet you. Do have a few announcements for us this morning. Uh, Anything as far as announcements go, uh, you can find in the Need to Know email that comes out on Thursdays. If you would like to be added to that list, you can email info at bigwoods.org and we can get you uh, onto that list. Uh, Also, at any time during the week, you can uh, find all of this information and the links to the sign-ups on our website, bigwoods.org slash announcements. It'll take you right to all of that information and uh, has the links there ready for you. Uh, So that would be a great uh, way for you to know what's going on so that you can be involved here at Big Woods. Our Fall Fest is coming up on October the 28th. It's going to be from 1 to 3 Uh, Do just be in prayer for that event as we seek to love our community, Uh, but we are going to hear more from Sierra. Uh, She is going to share more about our Fall Fest. Good morning, Big Woods. It's fall, y'all, so that means it's time for Fall Fest. This Saturday, October 28th from 1 to 3, Um, This year is going to be bigger and better than years past. Jill and I have had a lot of fun planning this, but it doesn't happen without you. So we still need sign-ups for trunks to pass out candy for kids, for games, inflatables, and new this year, a temporary tattoo station. We are asking that all of our volunteers show up at noon so we can be set up and ready to go by one. So this is a family event, so invite your families, invite your friends, neighbors, anyone who would not normally set foot in this building, we want to see them here. This is a tangible way to show Christ's love to our community. So if you want to sign up, there's a sign up genius in the need to know. There's also a paper sign up in the back. And if you have any questions, find myself or Jill Sims. Jill and Jared have their own advertisement for Fall Fest. If you haven't seen that already, back by the children's wing. If you want a good laugh, go check that out. All right, thanks. How do I make this mic go down? All right, well, (laughs) we thought we'd get away from adjusting the mic by not having Aaron in between us. I'm Jessica. I'm uh, here representing the Missions Committee to share mission enrollments with you all. Um, This morning I want to just share an update on the Ikes family. They are serving at the Word of Life Bible Institute in the Philippines. Um, They traveled over the summer. They're all settled in. I think it's been a little while since we've updated on them. Uh, Classes started about three weeks ago, and we just got an update on the 19th. Um, They have 
15 students. Eric is the academic dean, but he also has teaching responsibilities. They're responsible for hospitality of guest lecturers, so they've been quite busy. Um, Eric said that he had more classes than he had anticipated, um, so he had to jump right in. They've already had to drive to Manila and back to pick up a guest lecturer, and I can imagine that driving in Manila is probably similar to driving in New York City, like not something I would, <laughs> Michelle says worse. Um, so it was a praise that they um, made it, made it back. They've had some good time of fellowship with some students. There's some pictures up here that they shared. Uh, they did have a prayer request. They have been ill quite often, which comes with kind of the, the living in a new place, the stress of the time change, and the different foods and the water. Um, there have been sinus infections and some stomach bugs. So three days ago when they sent out the email, Eric had a stomach bug. So if you could just pray for him. Those of you who are teachers, um, I imagine know what it's like at the beginning of the school year when you get exposed to all the things and you're trying to be there for your students but you're not feeling well. Um, so be in prayer for that. And also just be in prayer for, um, at a previous newsletter they had shared that they're experiencing a little bit of what we call cultural fatigue. When you first go to a new place, it's really fun and exciting, but as you're there for a while, all the differences, the cultural differences, not knowing what to expect or how to behave, just kind of in every area of life, the food is different, the language is different, everything is different, and that takes a lot of energy all day, every day. So pray for them as they're getting into their ministry and their work and also just adjusting to the culture physically and spiritually. Thank you. Thank you, Jess and Sierra. Get this back to a good height here. Uh, do have a few other things uh, just for your information so that you can know. Uh, there you have about a month left. No, not about a month. You have like three weeks left to pack for Operation Christmas Child. Uh, the boxes are in the lobby uh, back here. If you go out the doors all the way to your left, you'll see the, the table for Operation Christmas Child, and we are also the collection center, which we're looking for volunteers for for that. Uh, so you, if you're interested in that, uh, check out the uh, sign-up for that in the Need to Know uh, or on our website. Do have one correction for your bulletin. I'm sure all of the uh, close readers uh, have already picked up on it, uh, but the date for the autumn night is Saturday, November 4th. And uh, you can just make note of that. It's going to be on a Saturday, which is the 4th, from 3 to 9 p.m. So that's coming up. There is a sign-up as well for that, and also some flyers going around if you would like more information on that. Uh, but ladies, do be uh, considering that November the 4th, uh, 3 to 9 p.m. on a Saturday. Uh, the annual business meeting is coming up. And for our members, we would ask that you would uh, put that on your calendar. Uh, we do, you know, need your involvement for that as there are things to vote on, decisions to make. Uh, so keep that on your calendars. It's going to be November the 19th, and it's going to be in the morning during the Sunday school hour. So you just have to stay after the service on November the 19th, but put that one on your calendars. Uh, Travis is organizing a workday to set up for the light display. You may be familiar with the, the light 
gifts and the Christmas story that is told on the front of our building with lights and music and all of this. Uh, he needs help setting up, and he's going to be doing that on November the 4th, starting at 8.30 a.m. If you're interested, talk to Travis. He's running around somewhere doing something, I'm sure. Uh, but you can uh, participate in that outreach to our community uh, by helping with that work day. Uh, last but not least, don't forget, one of the ways that we worship uh, is by giving back to God what he has given so freely to us. And we do that, I mean, we've talked about different ways that you can serve with your time, but also of our financial resources. Uh, so if you're looking to contribute in that way, uh, there are boxes by every door on your way out. There is a link on our website for e-giving if you would like to do that. Uh, or you can mail a check to the office, uh, whichever would be easiest for you, uh, and we can worship in that way together. But at this time, we will take time to prepare our hearts for worship. Uh, we will do that by praying together and uh, by hearing from God in his word. So I would invite you to pray with me. Father, your, your word says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and that fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so God, we ask that you would keep us from being fools this morning, and that you would help us to be wise. As we hear your instruction in the preaching of your word, we pray that you would give us ears to hear. Uh, but God, we ask that that we would not be hearers only, but doers. So give us hands uh, that are ready to work uh, in all that you call us to in your word. Uh, and we ask that you would do that work among us by your spirit, uh, as your word calls us to do. We're so thankful, God, that, that each and every Sunday uh, we can hear your word uh, faithfully preached. And so we ask that you would open our eyes, that we might behold wonderful things from your law. We pray that you would give Pastor Tim clarity of mind and speech this morning, uh, and that uh, you would be glorified in that portion of our worship. Uh, we think of Pastor Stewart as well at Maranatha, uh, preaching in Colossians. We pray that you would be with him and give him clarity, uh, and, and ask God that you would be glorified uh, in that body as well. And as we heard from Jess about the Ickes family uh, serving with Word of Life, we, we pray God that you would you would be with them, that you would encourage them, that you would help them uh, as they are uh, feeling the effects of, of cultural fatigue and, and are struggling uh, with, with some of those things, especially, uh, I'm sure, even more so because of, of illness uh, that they're facing. And we pray that you would encourage them, that you would bring healing to their bodies and help them uh, to have the strength and energy uh, to do what you've called them to do. We pray that they would be faithful in uh, teaching the students that ha have come to Word of Life and that you would help them uh, to, to have uh, all that they need uh, as far as sleep and energy and, and health go uh, in order to do that well. And we think even of those who are uh, dealing with sickness in our own body, who are hurt, feeling discouraged, uh, and we pray, God, that you would empower us as a body uh, to bear one another's burdens well. We pray that you would give us eyes to see the hurt around us, but then also the desire and ability to do something about it. We pray for our Fall Fest this Saturday, 
Uh, we pray that it would be a time where we build relationships with those in our community so that they may come to know the hope of the gospel. Uh, God, we ask that there would, be, there would be good weather. We pray that things would go smoothly and, and that we would have plenty of volunteers, plenty of trunks, plenty of candy, and plenty of love uh, to, share the peop- to share with the people in our community. Uh, and so we're thankful for that opportunity and pray that you'd be glorified in it. And God, we also uh, think now of, of our time of singing. Uh, we, we ask that as we sing, uh, that you would help us to taste and see that, that you are good. And we pray that our, uh, our songs of, of worship would direct our eyes to you and to all that you have done for us in Christ. And may we be encouraged uh, by our singing this morning, hearing the voices of those singing around us. Uh, we're thankful that we can partake of that together and ask that you would be glorified in our praise this morning. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus with great thanksgiving. Amen. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 145. I'll read verses 13 to 21. It says this. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and rises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you. And you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him. But all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. You know, the God whom we worship this morning is near to us as we do so. And so it is by his power that we are sustained as he sustains all things that he has made. So let us stand and praise our sustaining God this morning. Thank you, Aaron. We're going to start off with a song that we um, don't sing often, but uh, I thought of it this week because maybe you had a week uh, such as mine um, where there seems to be uh, sorrow piled upon sorrow and, uh, and friends and family are hurting and, uh, and, the, and the burden is great. And I want to encourage you with the words of the Lord Jesus Christ says in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sadness from wherever you've been. 
you labor under the thought that you are not good enough to come to him and that you need to clean yourself up in some way to make yourself presentable. And I want to let you know that it is true. You are not good enough to come before the Lord. But it is also true that you don't have to clean yourself up. The Lord Jesus Christ has done the work for you. So that, that the loving God of the universe will then conform you to the image of Christ. And you will be good enough to come before the throne of God. And I think Ephesians 2 really states this well. It says, for grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So let's praise and give honor and glory to the one who did the work on the cross that we might have a relationship with the creator God of the universe.
by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, everyone
Come on up. Oh, I love the enthusiasm. I love it. How are you guys? Did you have a good week? Now, who knows? All right, we are looking with our eyes. We are not touching with our hands. But who knows what this is? What is it? Oh, it's kinetic sand. You got it. This is kinetic sand. I love kinetic sand because it's not as messy as regular sand. But I'm going to sit down here with you guys. So, sand, it's a lot like, remember we're looking with our eyes, we're not touching with our hands. Remember, sand is kind of like the lies the world tells us. So, the world will tell you that we are born good and that you are enough, but we know that those lies will fall right through our fingers and they will crumble when you touch them. When they're tested, they will crumble. But when we have the word of God, we have something more like this rock. It is solid, it is firm, that we 
we are enough through the blood of Jesus to come to God and that we are we are sinful but through the blood of Jesus we have a solid foundation a solid hope so I'm gonna pray for you guys and then you guys if you are in first grade and under you're gonna head back to children's church and if you are in second grade or above you're gonna join your parents all right dear God I thank you for these precious little ones I thank you for their dear hearts God I ask that they would they would come to know you from young ages as you would be with the Talbots as they teach children's church and be with Pastor Tim as he preaches your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Have your Bibles. I invite you to take them and turn with me to Genesis chapter 8 this morning. We have a long text to kind of dive into. And so um, I want to get right into it. <clears throat> I want to welcome every single one of you this morning. God has blessed us. The Lord has displayed his creative beauty and glory around us with the leaves that we have been enjoying. Make sure that you do not miss the declaration of his greatness, even in creation. Every single morning, we are blessed to see that and enjoy that. Genesis chapter 8, verses 1 through 19. I want to pray before we read our text, would you bow our heads and pray with me? Father, we thank you <clears throat> for this day you have given to us. We thank you for your glory and your beauty. We thank you, Lord, for in your sovereign will, this moment that we have had to gather our hearts together and join in worship of you, focus our attention on you. I think, Lord, right now of those throughout the world, particularly in the Middle East, that are in harm's way. Father, we just pray for continued watch, care, protection. We pray, Lord, that even through all of the craziness and the chaos, that the name of Jesus would be exalted and lifted high, that lost people would come to know you. We pray, Lord, that we would be faithful in lifting up those in harm's way. For us gathered here this morning in your house, with your word open before us and your spirit present within, we ask that you would knit our hearts not only together but closer to you through the teaching and preaching of your word. And Lord, please, I ask for help and guidance, clarity of thought and mind and speech so that everything that is done would be for your glory and your alone. We ask this in the amazing and matchless and wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the Messiah. Amen. And amen. Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, the word of the Lord. <clears throat> but God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained. And the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. 
At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. And then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him anymore. In the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked. And behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife. And your sons and your sons' wives with you bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast... Every creeping thing and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. The word of the Lord. We've been in this narrative now for quite some time, if you recall, following the onslaught of the flood. If you remember this last week, multiple times we saw this phrase, and the waters prevailed. We know that there were torrents of rain from above. Fountains of the deep from below had opened up. And the highest of mountains were covered. The Himalayas were covered by 15 cubits, 22 feet of water. And we know that what? The blood-curdling screams of the rebellious have long been silenced. God's judgment was final Everything up to this moment has drowned. Everyone is dead except one man and his family. And they're literally drifting for days, weeks, and even months. I don't know if you've ever given any thought to what it must have been like for Noah. Remember the design of the ark? Certainly not state of the art. It was a giant floating barn of sorts. Would it be creaking as it was moving? Was it, would it be leaking in any way, in any way? And we know that Noah and his family and every single air-breathing animal aboard were safe and secure. Praise God for that. It doesn't mean that it wasn't scary, that it wasn't a terrifying moment. Have you ever spent any time before on the high seas? A number of years ago when Wendy was pregnant with our son, our first 
child. She was eight months pregnant. Our car wasn't working well, and we wanted to visit my parents who were still up in Nova Scotia, Canada at the time. And so I had a great idea that instead of driving there, we could take a ship. Let me tell you this, just a little heads up for you young men who want to save a dollar or two. Don't ever take your wife, if she's eight months pregnant, on a ship in the North Atlantic. Okay? It's just not a pretty sight in any way. It was a terrifying experience. And I think of this for a moment. There's no, there's no way at all for Noah to steer the ark. Okay, there's no sails here. There's no means to row it or propel it in any way. There's no engine. There's no rudder. There's no control. Now, apart from the very hand of God guiding it every single second of the way, I'm sure, I'm certain it must have seemed like an endless journey. I don't know exactly, but I would guess like David. In Psalm 35, he, he was crying out, and Noah was probably asking the same question, How long, O Lord, how long, O Lord, will you look on us. You ever feel like that in your own life? Where you are just floating out there, no control, listing kind of one way or blown another way. You have no control, no idea about what's next in your life. Which direction you will lurch, what sound you will hear. You ever been there? That, that may or may not be you at this very moment, but I can assure you that is exactly how some people here this morning feel. Where what? The darkness of the clouds. The surging storms of life have left them feeling helpless and hopeless and that's, that's not just those people who don't know God. That's not just those people who don't have any hope of eternal salvation. You realize that is even how God's own children, how you this morning can feel at times. What's next? Robert Kinlish, a 19th century theologian, tried to describe what Noah must have felt. And we don't know for sure, but I think he's pretty accurate here. And I quote, Far down in the unfathomable depths below lies a dead and buried world. Noah, shut up in his narrow prison, seems to be abandoned by his fate. He cannot help himself. And in this universal visitation of sin, this terrible reckoning with sinners, why should he obtain mercy? What is he that when all else are taken, he should be left? May he not be righteously suffered to perish after all? Is he not a sinner like the rest of us? Does he not feel himself to be the chief of sinners? End quote. 
Isn't that just like us at times? You this morning, maybe questioning God's plan. Wondering, doubting. And again, we don't know for certain. We know that Noah was human. Noah was a sinner like us. He was not perfect. And I wonder if that's the state of mind that you are in at this very moment. Feeling what? I am unworthy. Uncertain, confused, abandoned. Like God at some level is ministering to everyone else, but he's forgotten you. You read the scriptures and what? You get nothing. You pray, but you hear nothing. Maybe just like David, maybe just like Noah, you two are questioning how long? Oh, Lord. If you feel like that, if you've ever felt like that, let me tell you this. Genesis chapter 8 is for you. There is great, there is great truth here. You can be afloat, you can be adrift in darkness, feeling lost and scared. But I want you to know this morning, I want you to hear these words this morning. You are not forgotten. You're not forgotten. Genesis chapter 8 opens up with these most comforting words for Noah and also for you this morning. In the storms of this life, but God remembered Noah. Now, when you hear that word remembered, it's not like you and I, okay, who tend to forget, oh, no, I forgot it's my wife's birthday. I forgot there's a pie in the oven. It's not like that. With God, it's not about recollection. Why? Because he cannot forget. Rather, when God remembers, he acts. As we'll continue on throughout the journey of Genesis, we will read this in Genesis chapter 19, that God remembered Abraham and he acts. He saved Lot. Later on in Genesis chapter 30, it says that God remembered Rachel and she conceived. Reverend Child says, God remembering always implies, implies movement toward the object. The essence of God remembering lies in his acting towards someone because of his previous commitment. So God remembering is God moving toward and for some reason, and I don't know why I was so fascinated with this particular detail, God includes this line for us. We kind of expect the fact that what, not only does it say that God remembered Noah, but it says he remembered all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And I was kind of struck by that. We get the Noah part. He is created in the Imago Dei. He is created in the image of God. He has been offered a divine covenant. God remembers Noah, and he also remembers the donkey and the duck and the shrew and the sparrow. I love the words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself in Matthew chapter 6, teaching us what? We need to be reminded there is no need for us to worry because we can and should trust him. Jesus says what? Look at the birds of the air. Your heavenly Father feeds them. 
And then there's this, this line that we have to remember. Are you not of more value than they are? Yes, you are. Thankfully, God remembered Noah, number one, by removing the water. <clears throat> Similar to last week, Four times we looked at this phrase, and the waters prevailed, and the waters prevailed, and the waters prevailed. The author's intent to communicate, communicate with clarity is unmistakable here. However, this morning, it's the exact opposite. Six times in five verses, you read phrases like this, the waters subsided, the windows of heaven were closed, the rain was restrained. The waters receded. The waters were abated. The waters continued to abate. What, what is happening here? What is the author communicating to us? That the one true sovereign God of miracles, the one who causes the flood, is the one who causes the flood to stop. There's been times and seasons in my life where I just feel like I am drifting aimlessly. Like, what's next? I have no idea. I'm terrified. One of the most comforting texts of Scripture I've steered many people to in their own life as well, particularly in those seasons when we feel lost and abandoned, is when God is asking Job question after question after question in Job chapter 38 and 39. Who has cleft a channel for the torrents of rain and a way for the thunderbolt? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightnings that they may go and say to you, here we are. Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Who can tilt the water skins of the heaven? And I could go on and on, but I won't. Why? Because for 71 verses... 71 verses in Job 38 and 39. There is question after question after question after question, and there's always only two answers. Repeatedly. The questions are what? Do you know? Can you? Have you commanded? And the answer is always no. Not me. I don't know that. No. The other questions are what? Who has? Who can? Who provides for the raven its prey? And it's the same answer over and over and over again. It's God. It's God. It's him and him alone. Therefore what? Whether it's Noah this morning or you feeling like you are floating endlessly. You've got to hold on tight to this truth. There is only one who causes the waters to rise, and there's only one who causes the waters to recede. Therefore, when what? When the moment comes, and it will come if it has not already, when you feel that it is rising to the place that it is unsustainable, it, it's too high, you cannot handle it any longer. In the depths of our heart, trust Trust, trust in the Lord with all their heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You don't have it. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. It is God 
and God alone. As this narrative continues on, it says, it's God who made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. I can't help, remember Moses is the author here. I can't help but wonder that as Moses was writing that, was he also thinking about the creation account and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters? The breath of God. In, in both cases here, you know what we have? We have a sovereign God who is just showing off. And that's why it's at some level we have to trust in that. Again, I can't help but think of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ in Mark chapter 4. Let me read to you these words. It's from the New, America, the New International Version. A, a furious squall came up. The waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern of the boat, and I love this phrase, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. The wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you, and there's this word, still have no faith? Have you not been with me? Have you not seen my hand over and over and over again? And at some level, that same question has got to be asked. Why is it that we still, did you see creation this morning? Did you watch your hand move? Did you look at your little one breathing? Do you still have no faith? Let me tell you this. When, when it looks bleak God is still at work when it looks bleak God is still at work whether or not it was exactly like creation when the spirit of God the divine wind began to blow or it was just a normal wind I have no idea we know what happened the waters separated from the dry land the clouds dissipated the sun began to shine and eventually what green grass and plants, and trees, all of it would be renewed, restored, recreated. Now, a second way, a second way that God remembered Noah, not only was by removing the water, but was by giving him a sign. Well, well God clearly was and he still is the captain of the world Noah was given responsibility as what as the captain of the ship he's the captain of the ark he's responsible for those at some level that are under his care and while he patiently trusted which he did he still wants to know what's going on out there. And at some level, as the captain of the ship, he needs to know what's going on out there. Was the ground dry enough for his family or not? Dry enough for the animals to disembark or not? So it says that Noah sent out birds to test the environment. I don't want to dive too deep into this. First of all, it says that a raven was dispatched. 
And, and basically, it, it, it just flew around. There's no record that actually the raven came back. It's no record. It's just, it just, it, it flew around. So it's actually, believe it or not, theologians arguing, did the raven return or not? That's why he sent out a dove. Second, a dove was sent out, and it flew around, and it came back with nothing. Third, a dove was sent out again, and it returned. And we know this, that there was a, flesh, a fresh plucked olive leaf in its beak. Interesting that an olive leaf, an olive branch, is what even to this very day, it is a symbol of and a sign of peace. Finally, the dove is sent out, and it does not return. Okay, what, what, what is happening here? It's, it's happening. God is, in a sense, revealing himself, and I do believe that God gives signs to his people today. But I also believe that we need to be very, very careful here because... Just because God offered Noah encouragement through a bird does not mean that is precisely how he speaks to us today. Thankfully, we have so much more in his grace. We have so much more to work with than a dove. Well, undoubtedly, there are seasons of uncertainty in our lives. There are seasons of fear and unknown, and you feel like you're floating and forgotten. Let me give you a little bit of advice this morning. You go to the bank with us, before you head out to buy a parrot, let, let me remind you of an obvious sign, an obvious sign. When you have trusted God as your Lord and Savior, here's the first sign. You're already in the ark. You're already in there. You are in Christ. As it says, he is the ark of our salvation. Therefore, what? You're alive. You are safe. You are secure eternally. And I would say, rest in that. I just want God to, to show me a sign you're breathing. He saved you from your sin. There is no greater sign than that. Trust and rest in that. Yes, you're safe. Yes, it can still be scary. But it does not mean that you are not safely, securely in his hands. How, how, how do we know that? The final way that God remembered Noah was what? By speaking to him. It's been, do the math here, 371 days. That's over one year. So what now? What is next? Thankfully, God, who we rest and trust in this, he is never, ever, ever the author of confusion. He couldn't be more clear. And the message is unmistakable. God is speaking. In a sense, what? The storm has ended. It has rested on the mountains of Ararat. After a period of time, the waters have receded. Things are beginning to come alive. What is the instruction? 
At some level, I was waiting for God to just totally reveal himself in all of his triune glory. Here's the instruction that he gives. Go outside. That's literally what he says. Go out. And I kind of I chuckled at this. And he's very specific to say, and make sure you take your wife with you. Now remember, they've been in close quarters for a long time. And people are like, I'm just looking for a little alone time here. He goes, no, 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 no. She's with you. You're with her. You take her. You take your family with you. At some level, I'm like, this is pretty obvious instruction here. There's, there's, not, there's not a lot of mystery to what God is saying. Sometimes I feel that, that people are looking for God to speak in some like complex, complicated instruction. Like, like you really got to hold on to this because this is really going to just throw you. I don't, I don't think God is not the author of confusion. I don't think that's true. The details, like we're given these details here for a reason. The trees are green. The door is open. I think we could pretty much say what? The sun is shining. Here's your instruction. Go out. It's simple for you. What? The church has gathered together. The door is open. Here's what you're supposed to do. Go in. Like it's not complicated. The music is being played. Sing. Like it's not hard. The word is being preached. I tell you what, you listen to it. That's what God tells us to do. The work has been accomplished. The blood has been shed. Jesus is risen. What? Trust him. Don't trust the world. They got nothing to offer you. You worship him. You fall on your knees in his presence every single day. The instruction has been given. The mission is set for us. What? Obey him. That's what we're instructed to do. It's not confusing. It's not mysterious. It's not complicated. I'm just waiting for God to give me a sign. He has. Obey him. The needs are great. Your brothers and sisters have gone to places that you don't want to go. Your responsibility is to support them and pray for them and sacrifice your life for them. Whatever you need. I got 27 of them. You can have one. You do understand what's happening here. We live in a world today where our kids are totally confused. Our youth, what, are scared to death. People are lost all over the place. What are we supposed to do? You listen to them. You love them. And you sit down and you talk to them and offer them the hope. The only hope. And that is the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not confusing people. It is not complicated. The gospel has made all of this very, very clear. There is no greater way that God has remembered you than what? He has moved toward you. In his own incarnation, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the virgin will conceive. She will bear a son. Call his name Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us he's here don't be like i gotta look to see if the squirrel's tail's fluffy or not if god's gonna give me a message it's all here 
Now, why is this so important? Just like it says, but God remembered Noah. What does Ephesians 2 say? Though you were dead in your sins. Same phrase. But God. Being rich in mercy. Rich in mercy. It literally translates to overflowing, abounding in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. There's no greater news than that. There's no greater reason to get up in the morning than that. And finally, what happens here? Since God has protected Noah through the storm, he has given to him everything that he has ever needed. He's offered grace. He's displayed his mercy. He has recreated the beauty and the lushness of the garden again. He says what? Be fruitful and multiply. Now, this is a repeated phrase that we're actually going to spend more time on it next week. We'll look closely at it. But I I think you can pretty much understand this. Until we get there next week, you can be assured that the blessings of God are meant to ever expand for the glory of God. You take your wife with you. You take your sons with you. You take your son's wives. Every single one. It even says what? Even the animals went out in families. The blessings of God are meant to ever expand for the glory of God. Well, what do we need to know right now? While waiting, know that just as God has spoken to Noah, God is speaking to you today. So there's no confusion. What did you learn today in church? I learned that God speaks to us, and it's not complicated. How does God speak to us? Number one, A, God speaks primarily through the word of God. It's all there. Yeah, but I just, I just, I just don't know if I can trust it. There's just so many things I just don't fully understand. Wait, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God primarily will speak to you every single, it's just been so long since I've heard from him. Well, then it's been so long since you've been in the word of God. God, secondly, what speaks directly through the spirit of God, who we understand, no, never, ever, ever contradicts the word of God. So the spirit can speak to you in multiple ways. But what? We will affirm that message through the word of God. We also know that God graciously speaks through the people of God, one another. And we know that God is speaking through the people of God when what we hear never contradicts the word of God. Someone, someone actually told me that they had received counsel, that their counselor had said they need to leave their wife and marry their girlfriend. Yeah, guess what? Hey, that's not counsel that's coming from the word of God. Okay, that's godless counsel. So, so where's the common, the lowest common denominator here is what? It is the word of God. And so people ask me all the time, like, where do I start? I don't, I don't know really what I should read. Well, there is always, always, always value in reading the word of God. I'm not a big proponent of just like open up and point. Okay? I, it's, like, it's like opening up the middle of a book, open up the, sitting down the middle of a movie. Yeah, it's kind of, I, I guess it kind of makes sense. 
Rather what? I think we start in the beginning. There is order and there is structure and there is value in learning that there is a single story and a constant theme that weaves its way all the way through from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 22 where God reigns in paradise and desires for you to be with him and yet what? In between all of those chapters, there is pain and there's heartache and there is sin and sickness and war and disease and suffering. And God always, always, always has made a plan and put that plan in place to save you. And it's always going to be through Jesus. And you see him woven all the way through the pages of the entire Old Testament into the New. So that's what we need to know. God speaks through his word. We've got to rest there. What do we do right now? Because I know that we're like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? Got to do something. God has given to us the instruction. Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And this is not complicated, which means what? You're not to seek your own kingdom first. God is not, it's not mysterious. There's not a secret message here. It means seek first his kingdom, what he desires for you, not what you desire for your own life. Well, how do we know what that is? James chapter four and verse seven says, submit yourselves therefore to God, which means he's what? He's the captain of the world. We listen to what he tells us to do. He says, go left, you go left. He says, stop, you stop. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. I'm not exactly sure, like, what does it mean to submit? 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God. It takes us back. Notice this, full circle. It takes us back to the word of God. Study. Listen. Pay attention. Invest. Read. Ask questions. You study to show yourselves approved unto God. And know this. And finally, we close with this. Remember that during this entire process of seeking first and submitting to God and studying his word, remember this. Jesus is praying for you specifically. It says to be sanctified in the truth. He prays in John chapter 17. Why? Because thy word is truth. You see where our attention is where what, it's easy for us to be flooded by the news of this world and do this and don't do this. And, and in all honesty, I'm saying, push that aside and you become a student of the word of God. And just as God promises, even in those seasons like Noah where he is being blown, what one direction or the next, I have no idea. God is not the author of confusion. He has a clear word for you and it is a good word. The gospel has made that clear that even in our brokenness and sinfulness, there's a plan in place to save you. We put our faith and trust in him and in him alone. Father, we love you. We thank you for this word. We understand, Lord, that at some level, it's, it's, it's a battle in our own mind and heart. We pray, Lord, that we would surrender to you as Lord and Savior. First, trust you with our lives. Lean not on our own understanding and know that you will be faithful to direct our paths. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.
Pastor Tim, I invite you to stand with us as we close.
Amen. Amen. I pray you go out walking in faith in the hope that is found in our faithful God. Bless.